I, I was, um, you know, when I was when I was gone last Saturday, um, last episode, I was in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, which is for for a concert to like see see me without you live, one of my favorite bands. And then, uh, you know, I stayed around and we went around to like the Lawrence and they had like these shops and they had these like European shops that had like European shit, which was fun because like I got like like rose mints from France. That's cool. But I went into the British shop and it was just so fucking funny how obnoxious England is as like a culture. Um, but like they just had like the queen shit just everywhere. And it really made me like remember that i am i'm like a republican in the traditional what? sense like what the fuck are you talking about josiah she's your pope she I is not that's or, not that's not how the anglican communion works Ang- all, anglicans, <laughs> all anglicans pray to no, the queen i hear a lot of, i hear a lot of complaining from the from the from the vatican with your with all of your gold well, you know what? She has more gold. So no, she doesn't. You. Objectively, yes, she you do. does not. No. All right, fine. Objectively, I will... she does not. Objectively, fine, you know, our... the Anglican <laughs> Church is significantly poorer than the Vatican. There's a whole well, lot you know, of oh, okay, you want us to well, well, fucking, yeah. Oh, you know, you want us to sell all that shit to private donors, right? More shit to Jeffrey the... Epstein. Oh, okay. I see how it is, Jackal. You know, I didn't. Why would I, I want you to sell didn't. that money? Why would no, 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 no? We're gonna set this record straight. Why would I want <laughs> you to sell that to another white man? Why would I want that? I want you to sell it to Africa. You want? Uh, <laughs> if you guys take a look at the potential topics that didn't quite make the list, but is worth noting, just want to throw it out there. Um, the Episcopal Diocese in Maryland awards one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. In reparations to black communities, so uh, we're already I haven't taken seen the Catholic Church step. do that. <laughs> I haven't seen the Catholic Church do that yet. Uh-huh. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Oi, brother! Oi, you got the reparations for the we cheeky tats of the colonized, you motherfuckers! Didn't like one bishop like if like reject a a, a like a black priest or something because he said he was like neuroatypical or something wasn't that like a thing that just came up in the episcopal drama though yeah that you know that (laughs) this is this is something this is something that you that the high church people have to deal with i don't have to deal with it you freaking no heart i'll give you more heart church governor oh yeah fucking you go on down to the boats and there's a fucking church and that's where the music kicks in yeah that's that's but it's it's a big it's a big day in it's it's a huge day um the crowds are are building up out front of the the town square where there is there await there's a there's an airstrip and they're awaiting a plane <laughs> that's going to arrive um and the ambassador of mammonburg to the vatican is standing and about to give a speech to the audience and on on both sides of her are uh, are two two different uh, officials you know council board members of the mammonburg um those those city board officials are uh phil 
Hi, everybody. Uh, I am an envoy to the Vatican, which means I get to wear all manner of very stupid hats. And uh, since um, I've been recently infected by my British heritage, I'm going to swap between talking like this, you your you motherfucker, and then just like to like straight up like a f yeah like straight up effeminate. Oh, oh my! I can't understand these heathens. Oh, the Catholic Church. Oh my God! A, a security just... guard is leaning over. Hey, Phil. Phil, it's Finch is the one going to the Vatican. We're, we're staying behind. <laughs> We're staying behind. You're not letting me talk to the Pope. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jackal. What am I supposed to do in Italy? Jerk off in my hotel room? <laughs> I mean, that's what you usually do, Jackal. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, probably a good idea that I'm staying behind and not going to the Vatican because I have been told frequently that I caused a diplomatic incident the last time. So I, <laughs> it is it's considered a better idea if I just stay behind. But you know, the, it's not my fault that the papists can't take criticism. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm... imagining like Jackal's wearing a buckle hat while he's saying this. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm you know J.C. Weidecker's painting of a of a Puritan with the with like the blunderbuss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm wearing right now but except instead of like the it's uh, the buckle hat but it's in uh, the it's uh, the shiki uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm of course Josiah I'm not allowed to go to the Vatican because last time I screamed the bishop of Rome hath no jurisdiction over Mammonberg and then we've got uh, we've got a special guest uh, a special board member who is, of course, Josh Christensen of Odd Splice? Hey, everybody! It's he it's me. I'm I'm here at I'm here at this event in Mammonburg. It's <laughs> it's very good. And then, of course, Finch, who uh, will be uh, leaving for for Italy here soon. And uh, yes. yeah, it's sad. <laughs> so I gotta yeah, say the very, most very Italian bitter. thing to Finch. Slide we gotta out, do Phil. like the the stupid like uh we gotta do the stupid like uh Spider Man two pizza theme where it's like this is like the session where the two of you are just fighting over who who's gonna silence women this episode. Finch, you're gonna go to the Vatican, go see the Papa Francis, Yes, friends, Romans, countrymen. Yes, I I'm Finch. I'm like sitting. I'm at like a podium. With some champagne in my hand. I am going on diplomatic relations uh, to see my uncle, the Pope, and yeah. spend 45 days in the Vatican Gardens solving the world's problems. I don't him. think we've made this entirely clear that this is only half a bit. Uh, what we are saying is that Finch will be kind of off and on this summer because she will be. Like literally going to Italy. Like yeah. this is literally this going is, to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> like, this she is get not the a nice pizza pasta in the city of Rome. Yeah. I guess we'll throw that out there now while we can, and and Jackal might have to pop in and out for some busy stuff over the summer. But don't you worry, Mammonberg listeners. Phil and I will will stay strong. And uh, yeah, we don't we have lives. We invited Josh on because uh, Josh and, as you know, Alien from previous episodes will probably step in occasionally if uh, if Jack if if we're lacking co-hosts. So uh, 
Yeah, I'm so, being yeah. replaced by a white guy. Yeah, well, I feel bad yep. about yeah. that. But... <laughs> Hi, yep, I'm I'm another old white guy that you have to care about for some reason. So you, you're you're another old midwestern white guy, and then we're gonna I, have I Elliot, realized... who's another like northeastern white guy. I, I just realized that they they are literally silencing women and minorities by bringing. <laughs> Well, if the women We're and minorities weren't going on vacations and having jobs, that would be easier. Well, well, you know, it's not my fault that we've got to, like, grind. Yeah, this is, yeah. The, this is the Sigma grind set. You white men don't mm-hmm. get it because you already have everything handed to you. Shut up, Phil. The Sigma grind Ma- set. Maybe, maybe. You don't understand the grind. I am going to, I am going to Zachary Garfield, you. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, I just I don't understand the Alpha Sigma grind set, Jimmy. All right, do we want to get on to this fandom drama? Because yeah. uh, I need something to, to send me off. <laughs> So, so Jackal and Josh and I had an argument, and we're bringing it onto the show. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, are now, the key- oh Josiah, do you want to get your AARP card before we start? Uh, okay. Fuck, fuck you. For one, Josh is older than me, so don't don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> then you have no excuse it's, for being so, listen, acting like such an old man. Yeah, it's okay, Josiah. You know, assisted living is very nice in your area. Okay, so I so I feel like there's a tweet that goes viral once a week. Okay. That is like the kids these days, um, they they're so puritanical. Gen Z is, is the puritans. I hear that a lot. They're 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 not, you know, and I, to me that is always read as, you know, the teens they're not horny enough. I know statistically they're having less sex, you know, the, and it always is framed as like a cultural crisis. And I have found that to be a completely manufactured panic in my mind. And I've just found that to be very silly. However, a lot of people push back on me on Twitter, um, both both directly at me and at other people who were dunking on the most recent tweet. And we're like, actually, like, you're probably just not in certain fandom spaces, which I'm, I'm not. That this is actually really getting crazy and scary. Uh, this whole puritine thing. And so I am, I'm here to listen, to learn and see the other side. Cause as it currently stands, it just sounds like weird, weird older millennials and Gen Xers being like, the kids aren't horny enough. You gotta but, sit your white ass down and listen. But I'm gonna sit my no, white ass down remember, and Remember, turn on your hearing aid. I'm, okay. <laughs> okay. Look. I am, yeah, listen, twi- not, I am not 25 years old, Jackal. I am. <laughs> And I am, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not. I am not old. No. Mental, mentally, I'm 22. Uh, yeah, that's true. Physically, not kids I'm are 47. going to the old mill. Uh, we sorry. need more kids going to the old mill. So, mentally, <laughs> I am 22. Physically, I'm 25, and spiritually, I'm 47. This is a. That's, I now, came, spiritually. I, I came out of the womb with a cane yelling about kids on my lawn. I believe that. Yeah. All right. So, Jackal, we need your hot take. Yeah, give it okay. defend All this. Right. Okay. So, I think that uh, now Josh is somewhat aware of this. Uh, mostly just sort of uh, the uh, 
Yeah. That that short story, the uh, I, de- I identify as a attack helico- helicopter short story, um, and the sort of cascade that followed to the uh, to the author who was a trans woman. Like, uh, look up the story if you are not aware of it. It is it's, incredibly tragic what happened to her. Right. Uh, yeah. Look up that story. Also, like, look up the actual short story because it's fucking good. It's, it's like, a good short story. Yeah. Incredible, like you know, trans military sci-fi. Um, but yeah, it, so trans woman wrote this this story and you know riffing on the classic right-wing meme of oh i identify as an attack helicopter you know the rejoinder and it's it's literally a story about you know militarized sexuality and a a helicopter pilot like identifying as an attack helicopter and it's this really great you know interrogation of um trans identity and how it how it can interact with the state so anyway uh a lot of established sci-fi authors you know took immediate offense to the title itself didn't read the story and then basically harassed this person back into the closet um the story was you know unpublished you know the it was published on clark's world uh, um you know a premier outlet for um short science fiction speculative fiction whatever uh and so it was taken down from there. I mean, you can still find it on the internet, but uh, yeah. So a person's career was ended, and you know they're you know they put put back in the closet. You know, Jesus. Um, it just uh, real real human wreckage uh, over nothing. You know, over you know a legitimately good piece of art. <laughs> hmm. um, so I cancel culture. Right. I, I, well, yeah. I I think that it goes beyond cancel culture actually because. Fandom policing has been a thing that, and actually I am going to take Josh and Jackal's side here, fandom policing has definitely been a thing I've seen increase with time. Um, You know, like back in 2012, 2013, 2014, when I was in the YA fandoms, it was very much the Wild West. You could shitpost and do whatever you wanted, basically. Mm. Um, I don't know. You know what I think, like, really think made me start to be aware of this is that steven universe drama that came out uh i think I around 2016 this oh yeah this came up in that yeah. thread that you guys but i i don't know anything of this what what is what so, happened? Uh, so i i i was in so i've been a lurker in a lot of fandoms i have only very recently like actually participated in online stuff uh and i've regretted it since i wish i just stayed a lurker <laughs> yeah. uh, i i i regret like unlocking my Twitter and interacting with you people. It's been downhill from here. But uh, for most of my, my life, from being like a little kid to being a- an adolescent to now being, uh, you know, uh, a young, uh, spry young young adults who definitely, um, you know, like the, 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 a standard Gen Z uh, kid, mm-hmm. I was a lot more sort of in tune with that kind of uh, side of internet culture and specifically like the fandom side too. Um, mm-hmm. Like with cartoons and uh, anime, comics, books, all that stuff that I was and still am into. So I've seen that there has like been a rise of fandom policing. And I can say with experience because I, I was on Tumblr during Steve, like during Steven Universe's heyday, and I can say for certainty that I saw that there was a significant increase. There's always been fandom drama since fandom has existed. Like if you mm-hmm. go back and read like old like fanzines for Star Trek, the original series, there was fandom drama. 
but there's been an increase in fandom policing and there is this kind of pseudo puritanical kind of like taking a lot of cultural elements of like evangelical like sexual culture which is as i'm, I'm currently reading jesus and john wayne mm. i've seen that there's some oh, commonalities I've seen that there's some commonalities oh, in some oh, of how things are perceived. So, like, like, what's an example of the the sexual side of this? Because that's that's where my confusion is is lied with this. Because I, 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 you know, I'm aware. I, I've seen people. I've seen like K-pop fans send ISIS beheading videos to people on Twitter before, and like insane shit like that. First, I, I'll say that ju- it is very weird hearing K-pop c- come out of your mouth, Josiah. It, it I, feels very. K-pop. It feels wrong. It feels it's just like he sounds like like an old like Midwestern Southerner being like, "Yeah, Don kids and yeah, Korean did, pop." Did, did you did you see K-pop. Biden taking a pictures with BTS? That, I wonder that, if they're uh, if they're gonna, wild. Are they Biden fans though? Uh, listen here, Jack. I'm taking a photograph with that kind of that was like BTS a, kids. Still shut up. <laughs> uh, this is that kind of remind that was like a physical representation of being the one straight person in like a gay chat. To be honest. With you. <laughs> oh, that was exactly it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> Do you know that they're mad at Tucker Carlson now because he was uh like uh, he was mad at BTS for for like uh, going to the White House and speaking about uh, anti-Asian racism. Oh my That's god! Wild. Be, I, I, if there is anyone who could take down Tucker Carlson, it's the it's K-pop it's stands. Dude, uh, K-pop stands are fucking terrifying. I think critical they could, like, support literally to be... the K-pop stands. They are. I, I will always hold you in in high regard for 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 like misleading the cops during BLM arresting. <laughs> Man, so, when your parasocial relationships. I was going to say they're more organized than the left. <laughs> That's why we need I, to use them. That's why they're useful. You know, I, it feels like like be, like K-pop stands are like are like this this generation's like uh like anonymous where they'll you know like like anonymous used to be really big back during like Occupy. I always felt like they'd be like, oh man, the Westboro Baptist Church's uh, website got hacked, um, and now it's like K-pop stands are doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Uh. All right. Anyway, but back what's, to what's fandom the, policing. What's the, the sexual side? Yeah. The, to this, well, I guess, is what I'm trying. Well, to do we want to do we want to talk about the Steven Universe incident first? Because I think that that's a good. That, yeah. That is a yeah, good example. Yeah. Yeah. Paradigm. That's a few, There's a few. There's the a few problems. instances, but I, I think that the most famous one is when there was an artist who got uh, bullied off of like not just but like death threats and uh, mm. like harassment. I think that she was doxxed. And I, you were saying that these were thirty-year-old Josh. These were not adults. These were teenagers. I, these Jesus were other yeah. teenagers that's doing this. Right now, uh, I, I, that was just a general comment on like I, you know, know of multiple adults who you know have driven themselves insane over this children's show. <laughs> like it, it, it sort of, it yeah. sort of like it, it's primarily like younger kids, but it rubs off on like fucked up antisocial you know 35 year olds too fan which like yeah i like i don't participate in fandom spaces but like i i right i i aspire to be a writer at some so i i keep tabs on like you know what's going on in various genres and so i get this second hand of like you know aspiring authors complaining about fandom and and how it's like a major hurdle and actually you know hmm. publishing your work because you have to like deal with these psychopaths <laughs> anyway let's get to the <laughs> the actual incident I'll show yeah you. 
So no, I probably should have pulled up the incident, um, but I'm just going to go off of memory. So I'm not going to remember specifically who the artist was. Um, I think, so there's a character called Rose Quartz who is, you know, bigger lady, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. oh, God, I remember this. No, 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 we're going down this road? Yeah, we're about in, to. In order for me to explain, like, this as an example of, like, the emergence of, of fandom policing, and there is, like... And we'll get to the to like the the sexual side, like which is nice because I you I have seen like there are people that get angry. Um, I'll bring up some stuff that I've seen before too. But with this, go, so there was an artist it, who there's an artist who drew fan art, and she had some problematic stuff associated with her before. But I don't think that's a justification for what happened because she was a teenager. So she drew fan art of the character Rusquartz, who's a bigger lady, and she drew her skinny. Right? Okay. Now, oh god. If someone says, "Hey, that's not cool," like I, if you're doing this on purpose, like it, it, like that's not really cool. Maybe if you don't know how to draw like bigger people, maybe like you know, take some time to learn uh, that that kind of stuff. Like that would be a reasonable sort of negative reaction sure, and, cri- sure. and critique. Like if you're doing this on purpose, like that's not cool. But if you just don't know how to draw bigger people, then then you know take some time to like do some exercises to get better at that like that would be a normal way to critique that that's not what oh, happened oh god um what happened instead was a cavalcade of death threats uh harassment and bullying to the extent where the uh she tried to commit suicide oh, oh yeah. yeah and she was uh institutionalized for a time um she is back online uh i'm not going to give her her uh, handle. I'm not going to give any because I, I think that it's probably for the bet. Like she still was like Brian, as far as I know, is doing stuff. So that's good. I, I hope that she grew out of some of the more like edgy stuff that she was into as a teenager. Yeah. But needless to say, she did not deserve the scene. Like it was, yeah. it was just so much. And it basically, uh, just took over the fandom for weeks of just discussing the nature of how you could let this happen. Like that this is, Mm. I think it it got to the point where like the actual creators of Steven universe had to, uh, um, had to come out like and talk about this because it was, it was so shocking that this could happen. Um, that it could spiral like this much. Yeah. Now, unfortunately that was not the only time that that happened. There was numerous other cases of, Significant fandom drama within Stephen Universe. There still is. I remember I was also a, a Five Nights at Freddy's kid, okay. and there was a lot of drama associated with that. There was a specific. There's some specific artists who were, I believe, harassed to the point where they just left the internet and have not been seen since. Uh, for stuff that is pretty just inconsequential, even within that fandom. So you have like you've always you've had this emergence of like significant fandom policing to the point of like death threats and bullying and harassment and it's gotten to the point um where and you know with uh, we're gonna get into like the sort of aspect of like the the sexual aspect of it is that i've seen and i wish i had my tool because i i saw this before was that there was someone that was like there's been this policing of like content within media that you consume now if you're talking about like children's content there's discussion about that but if you're talking about content for adults like stuff that is consumed by like either teenagers or grown people then i think that that there's a there's a very strange kind of semblance of uh 
that like every everything needs to be like perfectly morally right within a work and it also reflects on the author if it isn't perfectly morally correct okay yeah yeah so i see all this um Okay, and maybe maybe I'm just misunderstanding these posts then, because I I see them as being about like they're that like like people getting getting really mad at any existence of like sex in work, in like any art, and I I I don't feel like that that's as real of a phenomenon as it seems, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but this shit, oh, this shit's believable. I mean, I I was nervous with the book draft that I haven't done anything with uh you know i was i was nervous writing that with like Mm. how people would take like various things like if i try to address like x racial aspect to something in this will people like not like how i do that and will i get in trouble for it for not doing it perfectly i mean i I get it i get that stuff um but where does this get sexual that's where i'm like i'm missing here i guess it's well it's like uh coming up with these like you know, moral taxonomies. It's a lot of panic around like age gap relationships. Oh, right. You know? okay. oh, this, you know, this is, you know, if you show a certain relationship dynamic in a children's cartoon, oh, that's basically pedophilia. That's base. you know, it's repre- that's oh, basically uh, incest. Okay. It's, it's like, it's an evangelical slippery slope argument, you it's know, like, I see. but yeah. it, it just, it's, it's taken out of that, that religious context and just becomes like, you it's know, oh, it's like good storytelling or whatever. Guys, or proper this, storytelling. Guys, this 32 year old dating this 46 year old is literally grooming. Right. Literally. Yeah, like, grooming. The, for yeah. Me, like, this is not. This is not an exaggeration. I, if you go on like TikTok stuff, which I, I don't because I don't have a TikTok and I'm never getting one. Yeah. Don't. But like, if you're like, it's been filtered through to me because I think that I still have like more contact with fandom stuff because it still appears mm-hmm. on my feed. Uh, is it like this stuff is still going on? Like, and it's yeah. it's getting. That's why there has been more. That's why there has been more sort of responses to it in attempt to try to like sure. stop this before it gets worse. Like I, I remember, um, I was going through t- a Tumblr tag for a book, uh, The Only Good Indians, and uh, you know the book is it's a horror novel, right? It's got like some a lot of a lot of gore, a lot of blood, a lot of you know not. Not particularly. It's not for children. This is a book that is, if you buy it, it is with the knowledge that, like, you can handle particularly like graphic content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing on Tumblr that there were uh, people that were one like there's, and you know, this also then descends into like, oh, like this violent, like, and there's a discussion with like when violence is unnecessary. I do think that like stuff like this stuff should serve a purpose in in like your story it should just be there for it's why i don't like a lot of eli roth movies um sure i found like hostile boring like it should and like why i like the first saw like there there should be like a purpose behind like the violence that you're you're like you're doing even if you like i i like gore and horror and gore in general like there should be you should like have some reason behind it even if it's just for style it should just be for shock value but this, po- like, I saw some posts on Tumblr that were, man, like, I, whenever I tried to, like, get into, like, the, like, this is so problematic. Like, this guy, this guy, he's thinking about, like, he's having, like, temptations for, like, another. He's, like, thinking about someone else who's not his wife. And that's, like, the whole, co- the, and it's the, the conflict <laughs> oh, here. God. The conflict here is that, like, he doesn't want to. Like, you are aware that, like, 
just because that there is content in this piece of work doesn't mean like you are aware that there's subtext and even text like you're not supposed to side with him on it and even he doesn't side with himself on like thinking about it the way that he does okay. like have yeah, you tried to get into anything show. And there's even, you know, there's been, like, a lot of debate over, like, oh, sex scenes, sex scenes. We shouldn't have sex scenes in anything. It, 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 like, there's nothing to it. Like, it means nothing. Like, yada, yada, yada. And I know, Josiah, since you're, you know, you're a, uh, you're an evangelical pastor. Sex you, negative. You're, yeah. you're a sex negative individual. You know, you, you're boring. No, um, I'm fine with sex scenes. I, anyway. But, like, the, in, in the context of, like, there was a lot of debate, of, and you know, there's some, there's absolutely discussion on needless sex scenes. Like, sure. I remember, like, basically watching stuff with my roommates was very hard uh, with, like, HBO series because it would just be like, oh, boobs. Yeah, sure. So it's always very awkward. But, like, there is, you can't just... Like, just saying that, oh, we should never do it. Like, it should never yeah. be in there. Like, it, this is problematic because of this or this or this. Like, there is, like, this is a thing. And okay. it's been, it began in, like, fandom circles, but it has since spread. And it has a lot in common with sort of the, like, the culture, evangelical sexual mores that have become sexual, uh, secularized and are now, yeah. like, steeping into other facets of specifically, like, entertainment. Yeah, no, I, this makes sense. Uh, Phil, you wanted to say something real quick. Why don't you? Turn yeah. In uh, so in the in the film community, as somebody who has that's been kind of my forte, mm. like Jackal mentioned before, I've kind of been lurking around some of the animation communities for years, like never actually engaging, but I, I kind of know what they talk about. And the same thing happens in the cinema community. It, it's starting to really happen in the cinema community. And it's really like a complete lack of media literacy. Mm-hmm. Like people will watch a movie where the character, the main character of the movie is unapologetically a bad person. But they'll be like, oh, uh, this is condoned by the film and therefore uh, the film is bad. Because the main character is bad. It's like if you were watching Better Call Saul and you were like, Oh my god, he's such like a shyster. He's such like a, oh my god, Uh, he's such a bad moral person. And it's like, well, I mean, it's more complicated than that. But also, like, you don't have to have a moral protagonist. Breaking Bad, the show, like, Walter White as a character... Is literally a bad is designed person. to get worse he's designed to get worse as the show goes on but basically vince gilligan was like yeah i wanted to do a thing where like basically a character's moral decay becomes more and more apparent because of his inability to put aside his ego and then people will watch the show and be weirdly puritanical about it and be like ah i can't watch breaking bad because it, it supports walter white as a character <laughs> And I'm like, no, you idiots. Do you... It's like when people read the Old Testament and all like the old kings of Israel were corrupt. And it's like, well, God must have supported the old kings. Of... He didn't. You fucking idiots. Their society collapsed. What the hell? Yeah. This has been uh, like, I, I, I like 
this is not an exaggeration. And I'm actually glad that we were able to sort of go more into it because I think that we were able to explain it better than we could have in a, yeah. in a Twitter thread. But this is a thing. Like, it's not just like, so when you're seeing them, like, some of it is like Gen Xers and older millennials being cranky about, you know, um, getting old and that, you know, Gen Z is just objectively cooler than them. But. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is a thing like it's not it yeah. like it's not that big of an exaggeration that you yeah. see like i there has been a significant loss of like media and i i was I, I remember talking to my roommate about this way back of like there's been a loss of like media literacy and like media yes, analysis that, within that's definitely true. a lot of people and it's not just gen z because they're all there are also older people that are like this too that just don't know how to analyze pieces of media to the point of like there, another example was that there were people that were getting mad about this author of a horror book, um, uh, a, horror, a horror novella, uh, because like the characters, he, I think, uh, I want to get his pronouns right. I think he's he, they, um, so he is, you know, a queer person, but the characters in the book are lesbians. It's about a, uh, the two characters are lesbians. It's about a toxic relationship between the two. And there were people that were like, how dare you write about this? You are not like, it's, and it's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was, I was, I, I, I have seen this kind of stuff. I think, I think you're right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of wanted to circle back to Phil and, um, you know, film discourse because, like, the big thing, you know, the recurrent thing in like film Twitter news cycles is like Marvel fans, you know, taking umbrage at any utterance of Martin Scorsese. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then or you know, sort of the stock, like, um, kind of vulgar feminist takes on, on Scorsese as a toxic masculine, uh, filmmaker and right, right. There's, there's no willingness to engage with the content. Cause you look at the man's career. It's like, it's all about wrestling with this, like his own fascination with, with violence, but also his own need for, for grace. And I mm -hmm. you know it's, um, right. You know that, yeah, he made Goodfellas, but he also made silence. He also made, you know, mm. it's, you know yeah. uh right um god yeah taxi driver phil just put in the, <laughs> in the, chat, the thing yeah. like you know uh and i mean just as i mean f fuck taxi driver so like i mean i i'm i i'm uh you know cards on the table i think i'm the, the oldest person in the chat right now i'm uh, mm. on the pod i'm 32 uh grew up in fucking rural minnesota during you know evangelical during the height of the bush administration like oh, God. I had a youth pastor who was like i shook the man's hand and he is such an inspiring leader you know like <laughs> oh, this, this was the the milieu yeah, yeah. i found myself in you know so uh i and and my sort of journey out of that is is it has every like i'm i don't think film in in spite of my better judgment i believe in the mystical power of art and and specifically film to sort of you know be a catalyst for change within like uh uh i don't know anyway so that was a big part of coming out of that and like the moral ambiguity in scorsese's films like i mean that that was huge for me you know sort of breaking out of like an old mindset and then i don't know so it's just weird to see like yeah these secularized sort of evangelical moral prescriptions you know being applied to somebody like martin scorsese uh yeah yeah yeah, well, especially who is Catholic. Who is Catholic? Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he more, came back more... to it, you know. Um, and and like and shit, like Paul Schrader, like uh, man, mm. I you know my my alma mater. I went down, I went to school down the road from Calvin College, where you know Paul where Schrader, Schrader uh, went, yeah. you know, 
made his bones um or well i mean you know realized that reformed theology was bullshit and then, <laughs> um, and then in a way came back to it yeah uh, in yeah. a film called first reformed, reformed. Yeah. <laughs> what was it oh man tan tan i mean oh man Jos- josiah you should see his movie uh hardcore with george wait, c scott i didn't even I, realize he was to. an episcopalian damn traitor i didn't wait traitors of oh yeah we got that one Schrader was raised as a Calvinist, but became an Episcopalian after the birth of his children. His films frequently feature religious themes. Uh, I church gang. I, I church gang. Uh, I love Schrader. I love Schrader. I, I, we need more like unhinged Protestant pastors in media. Like I want to see more Protestant yeah. pastors with like bombs strapped to their chest. <laughs> um, Hell yeah! First Reformed goes so clip hard. That out yeah, and, uh, incredible that film. um do we uh finch wait wait, yeah yeah and then we should probably move on to some news oh yeah see i'm seeing a distant shape in in the sky yeah no i i'm just thinking this very much i think and maybe i'm being a boomer here but it very much shows that there is very big unwillingness to one engage with media and engage in the forces of how media is made and the people behind that media and mm-hmm. just, just I don't know, a laziness to consume. People want, like, just very, like, straightforward storytelling. So, like, you have, mm-hmm. like, and th- there was a really good Tumblr post I just saw about this, which was, like, you know, a piece of media. This is a complex story where no one is evil and no one is a saint and people are a reflection of their world and blah, blah, blah. And then you have this, the, 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 the fan base, which is, well, okay, so this is the good person, this is the bad person. This mm-hmm. is the oppressor. This is the oppressed. Uh, th- if you like this evil character, you're the same as my uh, my asshole dad that reminds me of this character. I'm kind of reading from this Tumblr post. Uh, not taking a moralistic <laughs> stance on a fictional story means you are immoral. Analysis is actually about figuring out who is the baddest person uh, so you can disavow them and who is the goodest person so you can root for them. The media you consume reflects your values and characters you find interesting are uh, clearly the ones you that are Bad. exactly like you. Uh, oh. And, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like there is, like, a very... Uh, one, that is correct. There, very big laziness, very big uh, inclination to take things at face value. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just, like, be uncomfortable with art, which is, like, mm-hmm. what I think the best art, like, does. I don't know. Um I found the but, uh, the tweet that I was uh, that uh, sort of brought this up before, um, sure. which is this is not like a Gen Z guy, like this is like an older millennial dude. Um, yeah, who I'll just read this tweet uh, is the sex scene discourse is back again and once again missing the point. The question should it be should sex be portrayed? The question is how is sex portrayed? Is it consensual? Is it coercive? Where are the mute the power dynamics? Is it mutually satisfying? Is everyone having a great time? Oh god okay so that is that's annoying i go to i I go to movies to watch the sex scenes where i'm like yeah yeah everyone is consenting and they're having a great time in this uh western about like killing an entire town of people yay yeah yeah, watching watching come and see and being like you know yeah i just want to make sure everybody's having a good time (laughs) going up to judge holden after he's committed one of the worst atrocities ever ever. (laughs) is everybody having a great time yeah yeah 
Josiah, have you finished Blood Meridian yet? No, I'm not that far. Uh, God ago. damn it. Uh, uh, I want to make I'm... a joke about the ending. Uh, oh, oh god oh, just like right right it, it like every play all of I'll, I'll just i'll just say this for the real heads like imagine the outhouse but it's it's sort of tender and loving like imagine oh, like god. an adaptation comes out where it's they just play everything straight but that's the change they make is <laughs> that's their interpretation of uh, no everyone uh, was the final like, act that happened <laughs> Everything that happened in that outhouse was completely consensual, and uh, like nothing bad happened in there at all. Well, you know, as far as I am in Blood Moranian, it just seems like a like a book about uh, fun loving guys uh, yep. riding around yeah. the the west. It's just yeah, dudes just some goofy bros. dudes hanging out, like just, just going going on a trip. Guys, just guys dudes being bros. Dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's why we need Morbius too. I hear that Judge Holt is great with kids. <laughs> I just heard Phil distantly say Morbius too. <laughs> you this is the worst part Morbius is like they're gonna too. fucking Twitter. I hate Twitter so much. Twitter makes me want to kill myself. That they accidentally willed Morbius Shut up, Phil. Let into me existence. Finish. Shut that up, Phil. Cool. Let me finish. That was uh, cool. We did that. I I I I, I hate Twitter so much because uh, the algorithms have done such such damage on our society because we're getting to the clo- we're getting. To the event horizon where Morbius 2 is going to exist. We're getting I, there. I think it's cool that we did that. I think no, I'm not happy that Jared Leto smiles. I want him to yeah. be sad all the time. I don't, I'm yeah, not, I, as long as Jared Leto smiles, the world is it, okay. Well, they should make Morbius be... 2 without Jared Leto. Sorry, what were you saying? Well, no, uh, did, I mean, It'll did be you a CGI their... Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. Because of the the Morbius memes, like they they're, they're re-releasing it in a thousand yeah, theaters, what... um, because they think like I don't. It's going to be so fucking funny if it flops again, you know. Just like <laughs> the best, just the biggest own goal <laughs> on a yeah. Marvel property. Like oh no, oh, and they like no, and we they, can and we they... can turn it's it's the new it's it's Marvel's The Room. They're trying to turn it into this like <laughs> this camp classic, and so it's this like now, okay, now, Josh, don't <laughs> make me I'm defend so... don't don't make me defend Disney. This is not. This is not the MCU. This is Sony. This is all. Oh, that's Sony. right. That's <laughs> right. The worst thing is, is that they've shelved like actually cool vampire projects because of this. Yeah. And so now, and that's I hate yeah. America, man. I hate this culture. Uh, and with with that, and is, with is, that, is, do I see your? Is that, is that the America? the Pope plane? Oh yeah, you can see the little papal flags on the on the wings. Oh look, it's 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 landing down. It's blasting Ave Maria. Pope plane. Pope plane. Oh, look, you can... It comes to his stuff, and it opens up, and who is it but Pope Francis himself? Oh, my uncle is here, guys. You're not his successor to Peter. Hey, everybody, it's Pope Francis. Hi, it's me, Pope Francis. This is what Pope Francis... That's what he sounds like, yeah. I'm going to be taking Finch away to Vatican City... So that she can launch uh, RPGs uh, from a distance uh, at a conservative commentator she doesn't like. Bye. Bye. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I hope you have a great summer, and I will see you again in August. See ya. Peace out. Remember, fellas, it's me, Pope Francis. Pope (laughs) Francis, number one Morbius fan. We'll miss you, Finch. We'll miss you. You'll. you'll, I'm sure that you'll. You'll come up. You'll for more uh, stuff. for uh, some episodes when you get the time. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, guys. 
Have a good time in Italy. Goodbye. Bye. I'm excited to welcome some special guests to the briefing room today. Pop Phenom BTS. It used to be that our communities were always based on our physical proximity to one another. Now, with the growth of mass media, you can find communities who build social structures based on their common interests and similar content. Can God forgive us? For what we've uh, done to this world. You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the Halo show. I went in with, like, zero expectations. I mean, I, I've, I've loved it since the first game, got really into the lore, spent a lot of time on the, the Halo story page. Um, and uh, I, it rocked. Good, good TV show. It's like an extremely. It, uh, I think it was like John John Bernhard on Twitter had a review where he's like, "It's it's the return of like competent aughts like cable sci-fi. Like it's not quite prestige, but it's not trash either. It's just no good. You know, it's not it's not perfect. It's a little rough around the edges, but it uh, it takes some swings." Anyway, I'm we don't willing need to, to talk about them, the Halo show. <laughs> I'm willing to give them like season two. I'm hoping that we see Fall for each in the Pillar of Autumn, and we get to see the Halo. Oh yeah, hopefully. Anyway, the Halo the, uh, of the Halo series. Indeed. I would love to see the Halo of the Halo yeah. series. John with John Halo. Yep, John, John Halo. Halo. Um, John Halo, or as he is more noted, the show Master Cheeks. <laughs> Master of the Cheeks. There's a lot of butt shots of that show. Anyway, oh, sorry. I heard, so, listen, um, not to derail the topic too much, I heard he officially oh. had sex for the first time. Yeah, he did. He did. Ma- Master Chief is Master Chief, Yeah, Master Chief fucks in the show. It's great. It's yeah, also the best like, game sex scene I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he just wants we, to be loved, fellas. He just wants I, to be loved. That, you know, that was, that was the thing about the show. It understood that the Master Chief is fundamentally a lonely boy whom sad. Yeah. He's like if you really get that to it it's basically like this lonely kid with a mother who like with a emotionally abusive mother and this girl from a like religious fundamentalist cult like with finding a connection but he also has you an know? e-girl implanted in his head yes that gets yeah. killed by, by uh, <laughs> the uh fundamental the by who said, is a uh, who is a clone of his mother oh man the, okay the halo uh, show is fully good i'm I, no, watch it. <laughs> you now come it, to it. You now just like, no, it's just good. It's, it's okay. It, it's Out incredible. of context, it's all Freudian, but you know. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. oh, it's completely Freudian. Um, okay. Speaking of Freudianism, we need to. Yeah. Let, uh, it, yeah imagine for a moment if there was a there was an entire country that wanted to fuck its mom. Oh, and that, that country is called is called Great Britain, the United Kingdom. And that's right. It's the the platinum jubilee of Elizabeth II, uh, celebrating the seventieth anniversary of her ascension. Oh, to she's the crown dead. She's straight in, up dead. In nineteen fifty two, meaning she she was put on the throne before rock and roll happened. And somehow <laughs> she's, we're she's all dead. supposed to believe she's alive. <laughs> you lied to me. You lied to me. They're all like, well, because so she wasn't able to attend it because she's feeling sick. Oh, which, uh, I mean, maybe did... she's sick with a little bit of the death, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, well, didn't didn't they they t- they tweeted out that picture of like, oh, she was able to come out on the balcony, and it's just like, you know, it, it, it you can't even tell where she is. It's just. <laughs> 
It's completely like weekend at Bernie's. Like they just wheeled her corpse out and just kind of like propped it up sub mechanically. Like me, hello, people. It is I, your queen of the Great Britons. Like she, she's so old. How is she still? I mean, her husband died, and nobody really, to be honest, made that much of a fuss. I just they were just like, ah, Philip died. Shit. Uh, I guess that sucks. The the thing is, like, I I joke about how like maybe she could be the end of the monarchy, but I I, I'm not convinced of that. And seeing like all the the angloids flipping shit online right now. I, I'm convinced that this is not going to be the end of the monarchy. That there, when she, when when it is announced that she's been dead for five years, um, they don't think. I think they'll they'll follow the line of succession and keep the monarchy. I it's think that we need to have a second English Civil War. I think so too. The thing is, like, it's it's the crown is at this perfect place of being kind of a powerless entity that just has a lot of money. But like it just. Yeah, but they do you know, have power. Yeah, but they just don't like use it really, and so like. But they're the I, ones who talk to the lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they you know they're they're, they're, they're at the, the center the, of all of it. Don't you get it? <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now they, they're they, feasting on. Like, aren't you Phillip's paying attention, man? The, <laughs> they the divine ritual, the know? spirits of Moloch and Mammon. You know they. <laughs> read the read the writing on the wall no they uh they're i don't know man i i i I think it's gonna stick around but like because they don't like i don't know they don't take advantage of their royal like strength as much you know it does there's not like a real like strong republican movement in england either they're just kind of celebrities the uk needs a strong republican party josiah i think that's true that's true and it's called Sinn fein uh i i think uh united i i want to see uh the two islands united again but not under like the the united kingdom but under ireland like ireland should get to colonize britain or england now i think that seems like a fair this is this might be the the uh the only path forward i mean i yeah i I, I, you know in a lot of for real like the what what the english did to the irish is is the original sin um before like uh before colonization like uh yeah, roxanne dunbar ortiz like part of it is you know she draws like a real connection between like you know how the scots irish were deployed against the uh the irish like the practice of scalping you know started oh wow i didn't know <laughs> um, that uh, on the british isles and so those the scots irish you know they you know they became sort of the wa- warrior nobility uh of the crown but you know once Amer- you know american expansionism really kicks into high gear you know they That's come over they yeah. become the cowboys they become the militiamen they become the uh the the army officers oh, on the frontier you know and that that was western expansion blood meridian man I, you that's know, all the so, guys in blood meridian jeez you know you know what i i think yeah so i think the only form of reparations is that ireland should get to colonize england but i think beyond that i think like all the former colonies should get to like like ireland and like barbados and like you know like like parts of africa like everywhere just gets to be the united former colonies of of england and then they get to all just colonize yippee the the isles I think that's I, that's kind of like the model I'm going for. 
I I I agree. I support <laughs> the uh I, I support as you know, just I, I am a proponent of uh colonization of Northern Europe. Oh man, that was the funny we we were up late talking last night. That was one of the funniest things. Um was you were, yeah, so Jackal was pitching that he supports colonizing, you know, Europe should get colonized. And we were yeah, like I think that's right. Well, and so then we were talking about him going back in time, like like being a like decolonial tanky, like like latching on to some sort of like old historic kingdom. And we were talking about how he was going to argue that the the last decolonial state was the Ottoman Empire because it colonized Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am an anarchist. Yes, I stand the Ottoman Empire. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably about all we have to say about the crown. Anybody else it's, have any thoughts on, on England? As the limeys are being real annoying English. <laughs> Phil, what'd you say? <laughs> I was about to say, as somebody who has English blood, if I could excise, like, physically that part of my being, I would. <laughs> like, Jackal thinks the most problematic aspect of me is being Italian, but it, it would be like, yeah, if my English true part. if my true like one tenth Britishness came out, I would just like automatically become the worst person on Mammonburg. Man, I, <laughs> you know, I'm all I'm all Northern European and German. I need to be tossed oh, in a yeah. volcano, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, what kind of because depending on when your ancestors came over, they probably just were fine. Was it? Yeah, it was like mostly early 1900s, like that. They're fine. Oh. Wave, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of, a lot of, yeah. They're all farming folk. They weren't really frontiers people. So <laughs> they were, they were, they were farmers who went to Minnesota because hey, there's other Germans there. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's there's some not great stuff with that, but like, uh, yeah, I I don't think there's like. Uh, a great great i don't think any of my great grandfathers have scalp collections or anything hopefully. that would be that that's that's good to know um that that would be so fuck you know you just like your grandpa leads you up to the attic and he's like oh son i gotta, I gotta check these out this cool shit i got and it's like oh yeah what's up grandpa it's like these are the scalps of murdered native americans so so josh's <laughs> grandfather's joe biden yeah. <laughs> listen, listen here, Jack. Uh, if I could, if I could come when I saw the BTS kids, you, uh, <laughs> you don't understand, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's. Uh, I guess this is the Blood Meridian episode. I, I was gonna say, yeah. like, you you come in and he's got like a heart, like a blackened heart, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, June is the the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ, so the inverse of that is, I guess, the Blackened Heart of Joe Biden. Oh, have you seen <laughs> that 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 war has been going on on Twitter between those who uh, support the Sacred Heart of Jesus Christ month and those who support Pride Month because those oh are contradictory. God. Yeah, of course. Nalima uh, pointed it out to me yesterday. Tired. I'm I hate this tired. website, yeah. Any... Literally, she was like, yeah, this person posted something very nice, because, like, the sacred heart of Jesus goes out to, like, all queer people on Pride Month, and it's nice. It's a nice, That's it's a, a nice, nice thing that those yeah. coincide, you freaks, you monsters, going on Twitter, talking about degeneracy. I'll tell you what's degenerate. 
not looking at your fellow man and seeing Christ encapsulated in their eyes, you will never gaze upon a person that God doesn't love. Fuck you. I will shit down your throat. Oh, there it is. I was going to say, Phil was building up like it was going to be this, like, like crazy Philism. And then it was just really sweet. Everything that was aggressively coming out of his mouth. It's like, you are worthy of love. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, you, that can't be a so every single <laughs> lgbtq true. person my who is here right now you are worthy of god's love the sacred heart of <laughs> jesus christ goes out to you and anyone who thinks otherwise i will go to their house and tell them how wrong they are and i won't burn it down because i don't want to be sued for property damage and arson <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> Bri- that's, I want to say briefly really again with the Jubilee. Every single member of the royal family looks like a dishonored character. I'm done. They-, <laughs> <laughs> they all look like some some dis- like a character of dishonor that you like have to kidnap and like some <laughs> like some plot that you have to McJuffin like yeah you gotta go do this aristocrat's manner. Well, I will say oh, Dishonored God. perfectly encapsulates the amount of folds the average British person has on their face. <laughs> By they the have, time they have like more, 32. They have more jowls than the average swine. <laughs> Your Majesty. Mummy. <laughs> You know this this because uh, uh, we've we've been avoid avoiding talking about uh, gun violence, so it's kind of yeah. appropriate that uh, Blood Meridian came up. Yeah, um, I don't like so I I kind of, sorry if I'm taking the lead on this, but no, like, go I think for it, it. It's it's sort of a I I just want to share like how how I've made sense of you know all these all these phenomena, and it's mm. it's uh, I just got to plug like. Uh, patrick blanchfield's work i think it's like one of the best american voices on on gun violence right now uh we eagerly await the release of his book gun power which oh my god i pre-ordered it ah it's gonna take a thousand oh yeah the uh what what is it on the verso site it still says like uh coming 2030 2030 2030 i think uh i I think he's working on on revisions right now but uh yeah that it's release the book you <laughs> i know <laughs> i know it's it's it. it's the key it's the key to everything um but uh so I don't, so i think it's useful just to like define what gun power is simply put mm. it's the system of power that exists in the america right now and it's the the legal and political will to enshrine the right of a specifically white man to arm himself as heavily as possible uh, and defend his property with violence up to and including the murder of his wife, children, and himself. This this is what everything seems to be organized around. This is how our hierarchies are enforced. So yeah. you kind of you start from there <laughs> and you go forward. Um, or that's yeah. I think that's a pretty good description of just what the conditions are in America yeah. these days. Well, let's let's like fully move into this topic, and I I think I'm glad I think that's a good way to set the tone. Um, so, so, uh, last episode, most, like most of the episode was, was devoted to talking about the Uvalde shooting. And then we spent a pretty big chunk on the Buffalo shooting the week before it's, it's basically just 
we have to talk about it pretty much every episode now because it's happening so rapidly. And so over the last week or so, since Uvalde, there's been at least 17 shootings. At least. Well, I want to know, is it like a correlation causation thing? Like, can we really say that it's... Are we noticing that there are more shootings? Like, I'm not sure. That it's more um, prevalent in the news again? Or is it just like... I, I, I'm not sure. I mean? there, there, so there is always a low boil of gun violence constantly. So like, are we talking specifically about mass shootings, family liquidation? Like, you know, there's all this, you know... So if we're thinking about mass shootings, like, there's a pretty constant churn of that like on mm-hmm. the daily and you know we are you know it, i i think a lot of it is we are just more aware of a lot more of these incidents just because of how yeah. bad the uvalde shooting you know was was pretty uh, you know it's the jarring right it's it's the you know there was that fucking like nyt thing saying like you know talking about the the shootings in in tulsa and, and stuff oh where it's like it's bad but oh it wasn't as bad as uvalde you know that's the tone of the yeah. discourse, and that's oh. apparently the yeah Buffalo and Uvalde are like the the pinnacles now, and now we're judging these other ones. But like yeah, so Tulsa happened over the last week, and that that was um yeah a gunman used an AR-15 to target his doctor who, after asking for help with chronic pain, um the one I I wanted to bring up uh was happened because it happened uh close to me was there was there was one in iowa it was it was just um well and this is fucked up i'm even saying this but it was just three people but it was at a church that i am like two or three people removed from if that makes sense like i was involved in a small group at a church plant that was planted by this church and it happened in their parking lot um, so like it, it's just like close now, and you know your your mention of like yeah the guy a heavily armed white guy doing justice right that sounds like that's the case of what this this was um, it it sounds like it was uh, God a guy dealing with like a breakup or something I I don't know the exact details again but it was yeah that's that's what I read yeah <sighs> yeah and you know I I know that church has patriarchal theology and stuff it's like tied and, and he was a i think a congregant there um don't quote me on that but you know like and that was like an hour hour north of me um or actually probably half hour but you know it, it's just it's happening everywhere and it's it's hard to not feel like the country is just like self-immolating right now but then there's like 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 phil and and josh both pointed out like there's an aspect of it that's you know, well, it's been immolating for a while, um, but since well, Josiah, Uvalde, we've been reporting it more regularly, I guess. Well, I mean, been, it's been steadily more and more focused on in the last few years. I wanted to yeah. talk about something you said on Facebook, Josiah, because I, I, I can relate to it, too. You you posted something. It was like you were reposting a memory when you were at the, the protests. Yeah, for the, yeah. Like, you know, the BLM protests of 2020. And really, like, I I can't say enough that I could relate to it, that there was a sense of, at the very least, uh, like, resistance against a tyrannical regime, or at least, like, something that felt tyrannical, and was Mm -hmm. more or less authoritarian. But now there's just, like, now it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Like, the Biden administration is so Mm -hmm. bankrupt when it comes to legislation, that they have control over all three branches of government, and the thing people are most worried about now is that the Supreme Court is just, like, making decisions and being like, well, we're going to ruin 
mm-hmm. everything. Well, so, uh, you know, don't worry about it too much. When, when you had what felt like a tyrant or an authoritarian, like, like you know, the way Trump was framed, you had something to, like, rage against. But it's, like, it's hard to even rage against Biden. Because it feels like he he's, like... He's so pathetic. I mean, the, yeah. you know, the portrayal of, a you know, the way he's being portrayed on social media, it's just like, right, the guy who's in charge of the whole fucking shit's just like, I'm I'm a small bean. I can't do anything. It's somebody yeah. else should do something. I'm mad too. Why is you know it's <laughs> it's hot dog yeah. meme guy, but somehow more sad and pathetic. Like it's... he wants us to. He's bean dead. We're the children left to open the can of beans on ourselves. Oh if God, want to eat? I have to. Man, I listened to that guy's podcast. Uh, he had a war movie podcast for a long time. John Roderick. Uh, and then he then he just became Bean Dad out of nowhere. That, <laughs> yeah, I we remember don't need... his podcast too. Yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> war pretty movie good podcast. Wait, wait. Yeah, but uh, right, yeah, uh, we're lock... literally left holding the can. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bean Dad Biden. No, it's just it's just like you know, I I've been on this beat lately about the comparisons between like how things feel right now and like the the stagnating years of the Soviet Union. Um and like the the jokes that Russians would make about Brezhnev kind of feel like Biden now. Where it's like this old guy who's in power. It's kind of amazing he's still alive. He doesn't seem to know who's what's going on. And you know like it's the same thing where I I don't know. It's not even like a malicious person. Like Biden doesn't even feel malicious. He just feels like pathetic, like you said. Old doesn't know what's going on, and our, our political institutions feel increasingly uh, geriatric. And I don't know. It it really does feel like like the death of an empire. And I know that's like a cliche thing, and I know that's a dramatic thing kids always say, but I don't know. It does feel like we're at some. It's it's breaking end. down. It's yeah. breaking down. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It's hard to, you know, I, I guess maybe we should, we should, should we move to a, a gun control discussion or should we save that for another time? Um, Jackal, what do you think? On um, the nature of we should do, if we should move on to gun control, I think that that because of, of the nature of it, that probably has to be a different episode. Okay. Um, because it feels like we have to, cause I, I think, I'm one thing, I, I think I want Finch on that at some point, um, because yeah. I, I know that it is, we have some difference of opinion in terms of, uh, of of the gun control debate a bit. Like, it's not significant. Like, I'm a, more of the opinion that it's going to be, there is very reasonable gun control that you can do that, that like, they're not doing because the gun lobby is just fervently, fervently wants people to die so that they can make more money. Um, but there is yeah. very reasonable, like gun, like gun control that you can implement that won't impede, like that won't get like you fifty ruby ridges. Um, I I think my most radical thing that I think should be done is that you need to, uh, if you have a history of domestic violence, you should not be able to buy a gun. Period. Throughout the yeah. all the yeah. every state within the union and territory. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think I'm on that. Like, there's just. 
I just want to get a couple quick thoughts out on it. We like like this does warrant like I think a whole episode for sure. But right to some to some extent in American society, the cat is already out of the bag. There's already more guns than people in this country. But at the same time, right? Like I mean, you look at these recent shootings; they're buying new guns. Like that, I you know it, it it's always like oh they they went out and and bought this. Like it's not. They aren't stealing it from somebody. They aren't, you know, getting it by other means. Like this seems to be the easiest way to acquire it. So, yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's anything that's implemented isn't going to be a cure all. There's still going to be enough of these weapons in circulation. But right, there are things that haven't been tried that can certainly, you know, blunt the effects of a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, but right, we're we're <laughs> we're you know stuck in a dying empire that you know uh, doesn't pass legislation anymore i guess it's Mm. just uh, a court and a legislative body that just ships more guns overseas um yeah yeah don't that that yeah that's it no i i think you're i think you're totally right um i yeah yeah i i guess we can come back to this this discussion in a future episode but i i think you're i think you're right like i i don't I don't know what gun control would look like even anymore. I, I mean, there are clearly like some major steps that could be taken, but like, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Like, unless we're going to do some mass buy up. But guns, even then, if you and, do like I don't, that, yeah. in of itself is going to like the way, like have, have I, it's, Josh, have you listened to Alex Jones lately? Uh, no. Have, uh, Cause I know that jo- uh, Josiah Phil happened. The, like the way of how they're because if you want like a, a good idea of like what's sort of like the reflection of this in this mirror world they view like a mass buyback as like this as something that would be tantamount to the start of a civil war and then they are going to start shooting people right like they yeah. mm-hmm. like there was a case where they they uh um where uh, a dude that Alex John uh, Alex Jones Alex Jones had uh that was like he was saying that oh no like what's gonna happen is that uh like you buybacks you could just like they're gonna start stealing your guns and then they're just gonna start selling it to the government like the rhetoric on it is insane like these people don't they we live in completely opposite views of reality you can't reason with it i'm angry i'm pissed if the government gets more guns Hillary Rodman Clinton's gonna come to my house and shoot me with one of those guns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I always yeah. enjoy the foul, when Falix Jones appears on. The, yeah, Falix Fa- Jones, Jones is my favorite. Falix Jones. Yeah, but, right. No, that's that's a good point, and I mean we can even tie this back in. Like it, it, it seems to be a similar impulse as to that overdetermination in fandom culture. Like on mm-hmm. on the right, yeah, the rhetoric, like. Ever, you know, they've already done the work, especially like, I, I mean, Alex Jones is a great, you know, barometer for the lunatic fringe of the Republican Party at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah, like even this common sense stuff has already been like rhetorically overdetermined on the right. Like, you know, it's already got that. They've already set up that slippery slope like, oh, a gun buyback. Oh, it's not just a buyback. It's it's this thing that's going to lead to this thing. So, right. The buyback itself is the cue for oh, Civil War II starting, start shooting your local Democrats. Yeah, I think you also need to keep in mind, and I think a lot of people do get lost in this, so that's why there's a there's a fellow I do want to, uh, I want to have them on the podcast at some point, because they're a, they're a trans uh, Christian anarchist uh, who, you know, uh, has more experience with, like, in terms of firearms. Um, but, like, they, the comment that they made is, like, 
you need to keep in mind that like vulnerable communities like when gun control like gets implemented it's going to affect them more because that's how it always happens yeah i mean well, and yeah already black, we have black panthers rhetoric yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. you already have exterminationist rhetoric like the like there was just something else that Ron DeSantis just did with with uh, 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 something about like trans athletes. Yeah. Oh God. Like you like like you already have exterminationist rhetoric that is sort of like getting like it is getting worse. Like okay, yeah, they're primed I, can for I, a genocide. The okay, like that fucking legislation in Ohio. Okay, so so there's a couple things. Like they signed the the like basically the the genital check law for for trans oh, athletes. Oh God! So, yes. So any so anybody you know a parent uh, a coach uh, whatever a teacher like a person of authority you know if they suspect a person's you know presenting gender wrong they can do order a barrage of of tests invasive treatment you know and alongside that they're they're Ohio's thinking about like making it uh, legal for teachers and staff to carry guns in schools so you know if both of this shit passes what's the inevitable thing uh yeah vulnerable teenagers being forced to strip at gunpoint yeah yeah to, to yeah we're, we're not we're gonna end grooming by uh making it a law that a teacher can randomly tell a student to take off their clothes yeah that's gonna that we did it I Good mean, work, that's listen, everybody. we we just apparently needed to put a more invasive version of the TSA into schools, you know, but as like if a gender critical version of the TSA, right? As if kids aren't traumatized enough. Like, I mean, yeah. especially since Uvalde, there's been a lot more discussion about like about yeah. how effective like lockdown drills are because uh, the the shooter, it's like he obviously knew lockdown drills and knew how to counteract mm, them yeah render them ineffective exploit them uh you know and then then on the other side it's like you're just pre-traumatizing these kids they go to school every day with the knowledge that one of their peers or somebody in the community can come in with an assault weapon and kill them just because yeah like but, i my i j- like <laughs> <laughs> I my De- heart goes out to these empire. kids like I mean it's you know I'm a little older I'm in a committed relationship like these are real conversations I'm having with my partner you know uh you know mm-hmm. there's a basic desire to want to have children but like you look at you know what it means to put a kid through the public school system in America in in this day and age you know in, in not every part of the country but enough parts of the country yeah. like what 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 kind of human beings are we producing? You know, I've, uh, I, I've joked with Cal- Kelly and I have joked quite a bit and it's on- only half a joke of like, uh, I, you know, I, w- I was homeschooled and we're like, we, we almost want to homeschool any future kids for the exact opposite reasons that I, that I was homeschooled and that most of the homeschoolers were it's, it's because I, I want them to like my kids to learn critical race theory. And like, I want, if I have a queer kid that they don't want to kill themselves you know, like I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Phil, I, I think you said you wanted to say something in the chat. Yeah. Cause I, I was about to say, I feel a very uh, similar way to Josiah. I mean, our, like Nalim and I, our kids are going to be the product of like two queer Christians. So that's already like interesting, but also I don't want, there is an inherent fear. Nalima wanted to be a teacher for some time. 
and there was an in- I, I was terrified that she would just like show up and die and it, sure maybe it's an irrational fear but I, it's it's very rational but also like horrible i know it's statistically unlikely quote unquote but it's also like is it is it statistically unlikely are things just gonna keep getting worse i don't know the answer to that I'm terrified of bringing children into this world because I, I would love to have a kid. But, you know, our generation, it's so frustrating because people are like, mm-hmm. oh, geez, you're not having kids. And the reason they fear monger about us not having kids is because uh, if we have less kids, there will be less of a workforce to sustain capitalism as it exists in the future. That's really what they're fear mongering about because they want exploitable workers and plenty of them and if there are few of them it means that the unrestricted growth of capitalism can no longer continue but also our generation is frankly just terrified we're terrified of like losing our kids we're terrified of like what the world will they'll grow up into looks like things will like they could go horribly and I want, I want my, like, I do want my kids to hopefully when the and I teach them our faith, but I want them to keep it not like for any stupid reason, but because like, I want them to know that like Christianity and a lot of the aspects of society that people are socialized into can be better and are better than what people believe in. I want them to be hopeful for the future, even if that means you know waiting for a religious future that doesn't happen in any of our lifetimes but you know that's kind of the hope at the core of our religion and it's it's just sad uh it's just sad to think that children are gonna like come out into this world and just uh they're just gonna suffer worse than when we suffered and you know i hate to think about it in those terms yeah yeah, I mean, death of an empire is kind of the theme here, and I think it's going to be a theme we'll be talking a lot about over the summer because it seems to be on all of our minds. Um, but the problem is, like, the mm. problem with the death of the American empire in the way is that if it ever the problem, I I just never see a point where we can where we'll come to a clear delineation between the death and afterwards do you, do you well, understand what well I that's mean? that's what i mean when i say death of an empire though because i i guess i don't think of it as a as a dramatic cathartic explosion i think of it as the stagnation and actually i wanted to pull this back um mostly just to find something lighter to end this on um i was talking about the brezhnev era like the end of the soviet era which is what I, i've been thinking a lot about um i loaded up a like the wikipedia page of soviet jokes and I was like looking at the Brezhnev era ones and, you know, we're talking about like Biden being this geriatric person and a way a lot of people dealt with the stagnation of that time was jokes about it. And I wanted to read a few of these jokes and have you guys tell me whether this could be if some of the details changed could be about Biden or not. Um, here's one at the 1980 Olympics. Brezhnev begins his speech. Oh, he declares and everybody starts to applause. And then he says, oh, and there's a standing ovation. 
And then he says, oh, even louder. And the whole audience is screaming and applauding. And an aide runs up to the podium and whispers into Brezhnev's ears. Brezhnev, those are the Olympic logo rings. You don't need to read them. <laughs> I'll do another one and then I'll stop. But these are these are great. They feel like they're in line with how I feel about a lot of politics now. Um during Brezhnev's visit to England, uh Prime Minister Thatcher asked the guest, "What's your attitude about about Churchill?" And Brezhnev goes, "Who's Churchill?" Back in the embassy, the Soviet envoy goes, congratulations, comrade Brezhnev. You've you put Thatcher in her place. She'll not ask you stupid questions anymore. To which Brezhnev replies, wait, who's Thatcher? (laughs) (laughs) I I think there there probably were a lot of jokes in the Roman Empire about like about like the the slow, especially in the Western Roman Empire, but the slow decline of of, like the quality (laughs) of emperor. God, I can't find it. I'd have to dig up that book I was reading. The um, uh, collapse. Everything. Yeah. No. Uh, everything is forever until it was no more. The the anthropological one about the culture of the Soviet Union. There is God. There was a joke in it. I cannot remember. That was like um, Brezhnev showing up to a meeting and asking if they could start. Uh, or it, oh, it, somebody Brezhnev showing up to a meeting and somebody else asked him if he could start and he's like, No, we're waiting for Brezhnev to show up. You know, and right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, yeah. God, it's, I don't know. There's, there's something really, I, I do like these jokes because I can see that people did get through collapses like yeah. this it, with laughter, which I is what the this one, podcast yeah, is all about. Yeah. It, well, yeah. That's the thing about collapse is like, it's uh, unevenly di- distributed, unspectacular, more of a grind, but there are still opportunities for like, everyday people to flourish during it you know um you know it's not (laughs) you know it's not a lot of hope but uh i don't know people people as a group survive these things that's i think that should be a a lesson of history like life is gonna go on what we're mourning is a certain image of life that is no longer possible you know yeah the 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 task of now is imagination we need to imagine how to live in a world where nothing is certain, <laughs> which oh, well, I mean, well, it's, I, you know, I, yeah, it's not the most comforting truth, but I mean, it's what we got, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not, you know, I, right. It, it's the, the temptation is to give in to paralysis and, and give yeah. in to despair. And uh, I mean, like, I, uh, I mean, I should, I should probably say I'm, I'm very, I, I use a lot of Christian language, but I'm not a confessing or practicing Christian at sure, this point. Yeah. I just want to make that <laughs> yeah, make no, that that's... clear, but I, I tend to hang out with a lot of Christian leftists. Um, yeah. And uh, I, we'll get you back. We'll get you back. We'll get... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, Before I think, long. yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got some weird no. shit I got to do first. No, um, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know. I, but right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the, but that's the that's the purpose now is like mm. we'd, okay like we're we're mourning i mean I, especially speaking on on sort of the left left side of things i mean before the pandemic we all thought like oh hey there's sort of an electoral solution like maybe there's a way to sort of steer everything around and i, I think we're coming mm. to the realization that the future's not in the state you know no, I, I don't no. i don't think and you know you know one shouldn't abandon one's positions um once they're they're had but i mean i don't think 
the solution or the future is through the state. I mean, that's just a, mm-hmm. a it's it's one of many fronts that uh, I, I don't even really want to use a war metaphor, but that's like all we have. <laughs> that's all yeah. I've ever had, you know, um, I yeah. you know what? I have a fitting Soviet joke to end this on um, that kind of connects this to what you were saying. Um, and also, it's it's my favorite, I think, on this <laughs> list. So I want to end it on. Uh, so Brezhnev's dying. And a doctor and some Politburo are present in the room. And with his last breath, Brezhnev demands, get me a priest. And then he dies. Only the doctor hears this clearly. So a Politburo member asks the doctor what Brezhnev said. And the doctor said, uh, invade Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Come up with a solution and fix what's broken. My fellow Americans, enough. It's time to act. Let's hear the call and the cry. Let's meet the moment. Let us finally do something. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of good news too. I know we, things just got really heavy uh, with uh, the whole discussions about collapse um, and you know questions on uh, like the the fear of an uncertain future. But I think that it still is nice to think that, you know, there's still some things to be hopeful about and there's still some hope in the world. And, you know, that like just because we're kind of in the state of like an empire in decline doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that there is uh, there isn't some some like hope, some rays of light of the darkness. And what of what of those rays of light is that the uh, Mennonite Church USA just passed a resolution uh, committing to LGBTQ inclusion. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Oh, so the I don't governing... know if I... go, oh, go, go ahead. No, you go. So uh, this is coming from religiousnews.com. but this was uh, this was going on. Um, uh, I saw a little bit of on Twitter. Um, was uh, so the denomination they're the largest Mennonite denomination in the United States. So they just passed a resolution on Sunday, well, last Sunday, um, confessing to committing, uh, confessing that they have committed violence. Um, against LGBTQ people and committing to LGBTQ inclusion while apologizing for previous, uh, yeah. for previous actions in Hell a yeah. separate vote. It also repealed instructions to pastors not to officiate at marriages between people of the same sex, the nomination's official confession, which views marriages between a man and a room, woman that still does remain unchanged for now. Um, I was going to say, since we're doing church, good news. I don't think I said this on the mic. Maybe I did. But I did. I do. I just want to say it. If it is the uh, the Episcopal Church of uh, uh, Maryland awards one hundred and seventy five awarded one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in reparation fund grants, um, which is which is cool. Hell yeah! Uh, you know, like they're I you know they're not the biggest victories, but they're victories, and it's cool to see that there is some stuff happening in the church that's good. Uh, yeah, right it now. ain't it ain't nothing. It ain't it nothing. Ain't nothing. I gotta tell you, uh, the 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 best news, the best church news that I could say right mm. now. Oh God! Is did you hear? Did you hear the good news, which is that uh, our Lord Jesus Christ resurrected <laughs> from the dead? Thank you. Oh Phil. my God! Thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Phil. <laughs> Phil, you at another life, you would have made a fantastic youth pastor. You would have been an awesome youth pastor. 
Uh, I will read this be. other. This you still could be. I will read this other quote from uh from uh from uh the Mennonite Church. Uh, which full disclosure, I'm if any denomination that I come close to, I might be becoming a Mennonite in the near future. Perhaps I could see that. I I see. I kind of have more theological commonality with Anabaptism than other than other yeah. uh, forms of Protestantism. Uh, maybe Methodism, but it, it, that that's the one that I kind of as the more that I read into it, the more I'm. I find more uh, connection resonating. Yeah. So uh, excluding LGBTQI people from the church's rejection of God's joyous delight in the diversity of creation and a denial of the divine image and breath of anime in uh, breath animating all humankind, the resolution for repentance and transformation reads the resolution commits the, de- uh, the denomination to forming an LGBTQ constituency group creating denominational resources on repentance and reconciliation for local congregations and honoring LGBTQ people in the future, in future theological statements. That's awesome. Uh, that compromise decision began this pattern of harm against, uh, so like that there was, a that there was, um, an older sort of, a decision, uh, that sort of resolved that, uh, the, the now repealed like guidelines prohibiting pastors from officiating um, same-sex weddings. Um, uh, uh, that compromise decision began this pattern of harm against LGBTQ people because they became bargaining chips for the unity of the denomination, said uh, uh, Villages. A Mennonite pastor who resigned from the church's executive board in 2016 after he conducted uh, same-sex weddings. Mm. So it is... Uh, it, it is it is good to see that there is actually you know, like there there is good news and there it is, is like news. um like there is like uh at least sort of let's see villages for the implications uh and that it seems that he's now uh so the pastor who previously left seems that he's going to be coming back um and says as a national denomination we now say that we are pro lgbtq denomination this is our position oh, yeah. yes another affirming denomination to add to the horde <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah. ending on a little bit of good news with the Episcopal Church uh, providing uh, reparations and the, the uh, Mennonite USA um, mm-hmm. uh, becoming, uh, you know, a, a pro-LGBTQ church, even in the like in the sea of uh, of exterminationist rhetoric and uh, sort of fear mongering around trans people and uh, <laughs> and those with, uh, everyone else of the LGBTQ community. Like I, I think mm-hmm. it is nice to note that there is there is positive hope here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the forces of good will not go down without a fight. That's that's for sure. Um, um, I will beat them up with my own hands. Mennonites might be it. largely pacifists, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, mm-hmm. as the Get, oh, uh, uh, no, never mind. Bad joke. <laughs> no, I, no. What was the I, joke? What? what? What was the joke? We can just oh, like, just like uh, we need to arm the Mennonites. I guess <laughs> they're the only ones righteous enough to to uh, to wield the uh, the <laughs> divine power of the the Armalite Rifle Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> now you know we have a we had we had a member of course sponsored by our friends at Raytheon. I think that's absolutely Raytheon. <laughs> Give nukes to Mennonites. Oh my god! Yeah, we need we need to find the Mennonite punished venom snake and get him a nuke. <laughs> so uh, just just to be clear here, uh, the sponsorship with Raytheon, um, just like Chick Fil A's who put Bibles in their foundations, 
we'll be putting uh bi- bibles in the uh you know the uh inter-air b- uh ballistic in the nice that, yeah. you know We'll just be putting them in there so that uh, once they explode on those uh, those dirty brown people, uh, it'll bring the gospel to them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh Raytheon is is bringing the the good word of of uh, the good word at every every wait, missile wait. that lands on a, Ye- a Yemeni uh, school bus. My my aide is telling me that the brown people we bombed were already Christians. Uh... Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. And. Well, they weren't white, so it doesn't matter. Were they the right kind, though? Yeah. Exactly. Read um, Jesus and John Wade, everybody. This oh, is, yes, that is about to be one of the longest Mammonberg episodes ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that, an achievement, baby. We did it, baby. Uh, on that wonderful note, as Finch flies away... Um, we thought she was going to get into the airplane, but then actually she sprouted uh, of feathers and, and, and wings and flew away next like to the furry. plane. <laughs> like a furry. Like a, well, like a, like a, what, a feathery. Fluttery? Feathery. That's, feathery. What it was. that's the term. Um, like a feathery flew away. Um, and we were left with these, these four just absolute like geriatric uh, board members who excuse are watching me, over. Excuse me, geriatric, excuse me. No, no, for the for the bit, Jerry dying of the dying empire of Mammonberg, the four chairmen who don't even remember their own names, uh, stand in front of a crowd, and and as 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 Mammonberg dies, a few religious groups do a couple good things. I think that captures the episode. These geriatric school, not school board, geez, uh, political politicians have been Phil. Uh, listen here, Jack. I want to tell all the <laughs> residents of Mammonburg that uh, we'll be passing a new law. Listen here, Jack. Uh, the BTS crew will be uh, enshrined constitutionally uh, to continue <laughs> operations in the United States free from the effects of, uh, of uh, other Korean pop groups They'll be our Korean pop group, and nobody can take them away. <laughs> Where can they find you, Phil? You can find uh, Uncle Jack here at Cryptid Director at Twitter.com. Uh, listen here, Jack. I just, I really just want you to know those BTS boys, uh, they're kind of pretty. And I don't say that as a, you know, it's Pride Month. Uh, I think I need to come out as uh, bisexual Joe Biden. And uh, Phil is so committed to a bit that he forgot to plug that he has a Substack. Um, oh yeah. my god, I have a Substack! <laughs> yes, read my writing, you fools! And we've got Jackal. Hello, everybody. Uh, am I Gorbachev? Is that it? Like I'm the? I, I, um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the the young, spry, fifty-year-old in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm the the young spry new blood uh, who has been put in <laughs> in the who has been given political power at, with a, a dying dinosaur of an empire just slowly <laughs> slowly churning it on itself. Uh, Going as, like, what if we had a welfare state? <laughs> what if what if we like had a welfare? What if we like put some money into this stuff? Actually, and like we like we didn't go to war here. Like, I think I think that like we should we should like expand social welfare a little bit more. Yeah, 
I think they they, maybe you? less secret police, more social welfare. <laughs> uh, uh, who doesn't want a good but, uh, secret yeah, police, you know? You, uh, you, you can, as as I, I desperately tried to pull Uncle Joe away from the uh, away from the podium um, as he starts to blabber on about uh, Korean pop bands, uh, I announced that uh, you know we'll be. Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, start a new program of trying to expand social welfare, and as that happens, uh, there is a there is an attempted. Someone tries to do like the fifth coup of the day. <laughs> Uh, but if you want to chronicle this more with me, you can follow mm. me at jackaljester on twitter.com where I we didn't even talk about this. I got suspended um, oh, for yeah. a time. I was uh, I was Jackal's a Twitter been jail. a naughty boy. I was I was suspended for a time because I I said that you know I I, I stand by this that we should have a genocide, but for Reddit atheists. Yeah, I think that's fine. That that yeah, is yeah. so. Twitter said that I was a that that is a that I am I am uh, advocate for violence against a protected class of people. <laughs> protected class. The Reddit atheist. Oh yeah. my god. The most oppressed person. The most oppressed people in the world. But you know what? If that's the case, then uh, man, I, I guess I I guess we're gonna do have to do a holiday more then. Oh my god! And, and they'll be the cool, and they'll be the culottes. I guess that's just what it's gonna have to be because guess what, baby? I may have had to delete that tweet. I was put Twitter in jail for about twelve hours, but I stand by everything I said. I don't apologize for it at all. The woke mob may have tried to cancel me, but I don't, I don't apologize it, yeah. for nothing. I apologize for nothing. If I could tweet that again, I would. <laughs> and uh, and of course, Josh. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I I I wheel myself up to the mic. Uh, I, I imagine the end from Metal Gear Solid Three, uh, except you know I have like Zukov medals. Uh, just like the entire front of my uniform shirt is just covered in in every conceivable award of of the Mammonberg regime. Uh, I was. I was an like old hero enemy. of, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I was a general in the army of you know what eventually became the Mammonberg regime, and they're they're bringing me back uh, in an effort to buy the goodwill of the people, uh, and I think every everyone's doing a great job here, <laughs> and uh, we, we should just uh, I don't see any problems. I I think everything worked out. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm happy to be here. Um, should we have another you know, war? I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, we should probably have another war. I've got my my guns on the back of the chair here. I'm ready to I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, I I don't even need food. I nourish myself through photosynthesis now. I'm I'm more of a <laughs> more, of a, more of an, a plant good than an, an animal. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll make me better at war. I I have lost the use of my legs. Uh, but I make up for it in, in other ways. Uh, anyway, um, until, until the next war, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Noam Chamsky. Um, uh, I, I have a podcast called odd splice. Uh, it's very good. I don't, I don't release things to, I'm on, I'm on more of a, a Richie deals, um, a lab, uh, release schedule, (laughs) uh, befitting, befitting my age. Um, I do not, I do not fuck around with this weekly stuff. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I am working on like sort of a, 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 
a cycle of episodes that have to do with various pieces of war media. Um, I've got a recorded one with Josiah about uh, Come and See and David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis. Um, I think I also, I I read some extended passages from Blood Meridian in that. Yeah, that's why I ended up reading Blood Meridian. Uh, So... um, yeah, so that's kind of been what on my mind on my mind. So uh, I've got some old episodes. Uh, speaking of, you know, I brought up Pat Blanchfield earlier. I did an episode with him. I've done an episode yeah, with Jackal. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Go so there's some good stuff in the archive. Uh, check it out. And I've got I've got some really interesting stuff on the horizon there. And uh, hell yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 very honored to uh, sort of be a uh, a, a, a fill in replacement guest uh, as needed over the summer. Hell yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. Hope I hope everybody likes me. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 so you're a good you're a good podcast host and a good friend. Um, now you are welcome to the Mammonberg Bowl. Um, I want to. Such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Thank you for coming on your show. You're such a good boy. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And I, I of course am Josiah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wheeled up, uh, like coming up on like just in the biggest wheelchair ever. And I'm like, I'm going to, we're going to make, uh, uh, women have the right to vote. And an aide has to like whisper in my ear that that's been the case for a hundred years now. Um, which, you know, was, was when I was actually first elected onto the, onto the board. Um, and you can follow me at Josiah W. Sutton on Twitter.com. And I think that that's the show. He's go, such a uh, good boy. Go, He's such go. a good old aristocrat. You're a good boy. Um, um, wait. Um, uh, oh. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. A couple things, I guess, a couple things. Uh, um, uh, abolish the monarchy. Uh, monarchy should exist. No kings but Christ, all that. Um, and uh, read Blood Meridian. Bleed, read Blood Meridian. Read and one Blood last, Meridian, so, not such a good book. One last no, Soviet joke that Josh's uh, Josh's uh, segment made me think of here. Uh, 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 Brezhnev is in surgery. Someone asks, his heart again? No, chest expansion surgery to make room for one more gold medal. <laughs> 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 All right, have a good day. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Have a Bye. good day. Is the solution to despair. Reason provides no answers. We can't know what, what the future will bring. We have to choose despite uncertainty. Wisdom is holding two contradictory truths in our mind simultaneously. Hope and despair. A life without despair is a life without hope. Holding these two ideas in our head is life itself. Are you drinking, man, Reverend? It doesn't help. No, I suppose not. Can God forgive us? For what we've uh, done to this world. Who can know the mind of God? But we can choose. A righteous life. Forgiveness, grace, covers us all. I believe that. <laughs>